Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clear podcast with your host, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Tremendous. I'm doing so well, Andrew. Uh, we're we're back into the throes of hot summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been warm. Um, which I, I don't mind. I, I like it. Although there is that certain time of day where you're like, "All right, I need a break." Uh, but like no. the moment you step outside, y- yeah, that's right. Where, where is this? So I will say we've. I felt like I feel like we've had a consistently. This is the whole world. I think I feel like we've had a consistently warmer summer than I'm used to. But we haven't had any outrageous temperatures. Not yet. No. Not yet. And this obviously summer's long, and and that could still happen. But we haven't been in the hundreds, I at all. I don't think. Not yet. My car said 101 today. I know that's not true. Mm, yeah, I think that's an exaggeration. It's because it's on asphalt. It's yeah, like- <laughs> that's right. So the air temperature may actually have been that hot. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I'm well. We had a nice 4th of July holiday. Uh, was able to drink a couple beers, eat, eat a cheeseburger, drink some Pabst Blue Ribbon, watch watch uh, uh, fireworks from a distance. They were kind of far away, and we were sitting in the park. That's That was fun, though. Got the good bit, stuff. Got bit by a couple of mosquitoes. Also to be expected for the summer. Yeah. I played some golf, not on the 4th, but uh, just before that with my friend Henry, a fellow watch guy, local watch guy. I'm pretty convinced he is not real mm-hmm. or he mm-hmm. hates me. Mm-hmm. No, he... he and, and because you you like keep him shielded yeah. from me. Yeah. There's plenty of... There's a lot of times actually where you've been like, oh yeah, I was just with Henry and I was like... Cool. He he's actually commented that I he's made the similar comments that yeah. I keep you guys separated. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, that's not true. Andrew's just a hermit who doesn't like people or socializing. That's fair, actually. Yeah. That that is a fair um, <laughs> a fair assessment. Uh, Andrew, how are you? I am good. As I'm sure you can hear, I'm right on the tail end of a cold where I like finally feel okay, but I sound bad. Uh. But I, uh, I spent yesterday just in bed. I was just toast. So I seem to get sick around holidays. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my hermitness. It's like, the socialization. It's like, the no, pending, I can't handle it. Pending uh, socialization. I'm not going to deal with it. But uh, uh, yeah, so I'm finally feeling good. Um, I got a little sunburn today at work. And I, I got the typical watch sunburn. But here's the thing. I was also wearing gloves. So there's like a, I don't know three quarter inch mm-hmm. strip mm-hmm. Uh, on the outline between the, the the end of my watch and the top of a glove. Yeah. You, you were wearing wrist. your watch higher than you normally do. Otherwise you wouldn't that's have a, that. That's where it always is. That's where my watch always is. <laughs> Cause you usually uh, wear it like on the back of your hand. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm not like, like a nineties gangster, like an Everett wear it around my elbow kind of guy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you have a good fourth. You besides being in bed, did you guys do anything? Uh, so the city a little south of us um, has a big parade. So Sam and the kids went down to the parade. I think it's the biggest 4th of July parade in Oregon. It's possible. Yeah. You're talking about Cottage Grove or Crestwell. Uh, Crestwell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, so they went down to that. We have some friends who live down there. So they go down a little early. So they've got parking and walk a block and a half to go watch the parade and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then spend the day there grilling. So. I did. Uh, I did almost witness a <coughs> fight over fireworks in a parking lot. We live in we live in the communist republic of Oregon, and so in which every major city has banned fireworks. You, yeah, it, it's it's it, it's interesting. Uh, I'm sort of indifferent, and also I'm kind of a communist, by the way. If you're at home listening, so don't don't get offended. Uh, but I have never seen people so like aggressively like coming at someone else for lighting a fountain. But yeah, it was interesting. I was like, wow, here we go. I see you have your popcorn <laughs> and you're just like ready to go. Yeah, no, I had Pabst Blue Ribbon. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> cool. Fight. <laughs> World star. <laughs> 
Yeah, every I think I think Salem, but I know Portland and Eugene both have fireworks bans. So um, you can't buy, sell, possess, or use fireworks that aren't snakes, sparklers, or poppets. Yeah, I mean, we're also just a few years removed of having several billion dollars of property damage caused by a forest fire that was almost certainly related to fireworks. We just had an urban wildfire Yeah, uh, started on Sunday. So it's real, right? The danger is real. Well, in any event, we're not here to talk about fireworks or communists. Or fires. Or fires. But we are here to talk about some watches that are fire. That are fire. That are fire. But not the literal (laughs) dangerous, scary kind, but the figurative sexy kind flaming hot like the cheeto like the cheeto that's right now that's right uh andrew Mm -hmm. would you be so kind as to take it away tonight i would like to take it away i um for whatever reason have gotten bit by the pelagos bug Mm, as so many folks do Mm mm-hmm and that has certain, you know, it means some things for me. <laughs> Financial implications. It has implications. I haven't <laughs> bought one. Uh, I'm like trying to talk myself out of buying one. And I don't know why, because I love them. Uh, and they made it harder with the release of the Red Bull racing editions Hmm. and these are hot fire yes so so two brand new fxd pelagos carbon cases yes and one of them one of them is a a A chronograph chronograph. (laughs) yes so the uh one time only the um Non chronograph is at 42 millimeters. The chronograph is 43 millimeters. And these are dope. Yeah. This is the, this is my, maybe my favorite colorway of this watch they've ever released. Hot Cheeto Fire. Yes. Hot Cheeto Fire. Uh, Carbon cased. I mean, come on. You, you know, I think it's a little bit bit dangerous maybe not dangerous i don't know what the right word is it's it's a decision to make their first ever pelagos this is the first pelagos chronograph right that i'm aware of i'm sure maybe there's been one another le before but to make the first what i think is the first pelagos chronographing and with this carbon case is a decision right that's a decision yeah and they're not limited edition sorry they are special edition, but they're not mm-hmm. limited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you pronounce that word? Is it? You uh, know, I didn't even try. Alagani, I think, is is it? Uh, Alingi? Uh, Alingi? What is Alingi? I'm not sure. I don't care. Wear Alingi Red Bull racing oh. colors. Oh, they just uh, they're they just won a a big. Um, is that a team? A racing team? Yeah, they won a regatta. Uh, oh, oh, it's a regatta racing team. Okay. A, shoot. I, I read an article about it. Um, an American team just won a big ocean sailing race. My assumption is that it's this team. Um, and it's just really good timing for, for them. Uh, what I don't super dig, I can't quite tell from this write-up, is... Oh no! So I, uh, we we can say with certainty they don't come on a bracelet; they mm-hmm. come just on a fabric strap, um, which is kind of a bummer because I want a bracelet. But this colorway, it's it's a black bezel, Tudor blue dial in the carbon case, red seconds hand, red accent on the uh, the Pelagos font. It looks really good. Yeah, I, I like the I like the red the red accent, which I'm actually not a huge accent color guy, but in this in this uh, in this iteration, I, I really like the way it works. Yeah, I wish it came on a bracelet though. Maybe they'll do like I don't know 
Either way, this is a cool release, the Pelagos in a chronograph, and it gets me really excited for what Tudor's got cooking. Because this is much bigger than Blue in the way of release. I mean, you know, we see the Ranger in the last couple of years, like the reemergence of the Ranger in the last couple of years, um, the iterative sizing of the Black Bay line. We're seeing some cool stuff. Uh, pricing on these... The time only is thirty six seventy five. Mm. The chronograph is five thousand seventy five. Yeah, so both both of these are both of these are poles, right? These well, are, in the realm of reasonable, these are what you're buying, but but certainly wallet poles, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're going to call these affordable. Mm-mm. Certainly not. Well, with that in mind, can I talk? I want to talk about another watch that is that is not affordable. Okay, and and. and by that, I mean it's very fucking expensive, uh, at, at least for me. But I thought it was sexy, and I wanted to talk about it on our podcast because we have a podcast that we've recorded. Is it the first time we're going to talk about this brand ever? Certainly. Certainly the first time we're going to talk about this brand. So Louis Vuitton is... Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. Vuitton is probably like a, a, a partial vowel that I'm supposed to pronounce in there. Louis Vuitton has made watches in the past. They sell watches now. They're all kind of clunkers, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. They're either like heavily bedazzled and or they're kind of giant. <coughs> They've got these giant divers. Not giant, but pretty big. Uh, they've released a full steel sports watch and it's sort of i guess you'd call this an integrated bracelet i mean if this isn't integrated i don't know what is an integrated bracelet steel sports watch all stainless steel it's got a sector dial it's got a very sort of organic case 40 millimeters eight and a half 8.3 thick and it's gorgeous yes it is absolutely stunning and it's a in-house micro rotor brand new movement made in-house by louis vuitton louis vuitton uh actually purchased a movement manufacturer recently uh in 2011 la fabrique du temps i think is how you say that which is a movement maker to the stars such as Jacob and co speak Moran, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But they make really dope movements. And this thing has an absolutely stunning micro rotor movement. I mean, this thing is totally gorgeous. There'll be a link in the show notes. I highly recommend you go take a look at this movement. The, the rotor itself is, I don't know, probably two millimeters thick, maybe a millimeter and a half thick, mm-hmm. and it's just a milled piece of brass, it looks to me. This thing's gorgeous. Yeah. Maybe bronze, I don't know. And and the movement's just stunning. Chronometer movement. Are they, um, are they posturing themselves to... You think be players? Well, this is a player watch. I, I don't know if Louis Vuitton needs to play anybody else's game, right? Uh, you know, they certainly have with their in-house manufacturer, you know, in-house movement manufacturer. They've got horology bona fides. I, I don't think that they they need to convince anybody of anything, right? They're here. This is a totally killer watch that I think people are going to love and buy even at 19,000 euros yeah oh excuse me the the <laughs> the micro rotor is rose gold that yeah. makes more sense yeah it does yeah. uh it, it, yeah right it so 20 20,000 euros which is a whole bunch of dollars uh this thing's not cheap this is very much a luxury item but in terms of interesting watch releases <laughs> It's not derivative of anything that I can think of. Uh, it's got some Cartier feel to it, I would say, but it doesn't look like a Cartier. Mm-hmm. No, it has the feel of a company that does jewelry and high fashion. 
He's making a watch, which but, is why Cartier feels the way it does. But isn't fucking around. They're they're like, we're gonna make a, a sick watch. But, it it might not be for everybody, but this is actually just a dope watch. It kind of it's surprising to me that they would do something this deliberate and this technologically advanced when they can ride just their logo. Yeah, but I think they're in that world, right? They're in that world where someone is like, how about we make a super dope watch? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. We can afford it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Louis, and, I mean, Louis Vuitton is. And they're going to pay for it regardless of the price tag. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, this is on many, many summer shopping lists. So I think these are available in September if you want to get one. Uh, <laughs> and, I wonder how many of these they're going to make. You know, I don't know. It's it's a luxury watch, so these these are usually made in pretty small quantities. But I don't see any indication that it's limited at all. So I and and like I said, Louis Vuitton has a catalog of watches. So this is theoretically just a catalog watch for them. Only five atmospheres of water resistance, though. Boo, Louis, boo. You can do better. Boo. You can do better. I know, because if I got something like this, I'd want to wear it in the ocean. Everywhere. Swimming. Everywhere. I'm just joking. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think this watch is terrific. It's, it's gorgeous. Totally unreasonable. I'm never going to buy one. I'll probably never wear one. Uh, but in terms of a, in terms of my general appreciation for cool shit, this is newsworthy, I think. I think I agree. Andrew, what do you got? We got another moon swatch. <laughs> do we? We do. Yeah, tell me. It's a strawberry moon. The chronograph hand has strawberries on it. Is that what they're calling it? The strawberry moon? Mm-hmm. Okay. Moonshine gold hand. Strawberries on it. So I'm fine with this. I don't know how I feel about it. Um... Oh, what's not to know? I'm kind of confused by it. Uh, up to this point, the moon swatch has been pretty conservative. You know, it went with some some planet-themed color waves, and that was the, the boldness of it. Hmm. But it wasn't really, like, silly or novelty. It, it Its novelty was that it was... A moon swatch, plastic cased, Speedmaster, produced by Swatch. That was the all the novelty it needed. Hmm. And now we have a strawberry hand, which makes me kind of concerned that we're going to start seeing like Snoopies and that the moon swatch itself will be almost a, a brand. Well, but this is, I mean, they've been doing this, right? So there was the moonshine gold. But that was still there a was the pretty pink, conservative. The pink second hands. There was the mm-hmm. flowered second hand. Just, and now it just seems like they're going to keep it interesting. And here's here's a new thing. Make them available. Like, well, let me buy the line before. I, I, I think they're pretty available these days. No, but I want to buy it direct from you. Oh, well, yeah. I'm not going to camp outside in the line. I don't think people are camping these days. I think you can find you can find m- most of these if you you have to be in a city that's got a swatch ID. But yeah, we're not. We are not. <laughs> no, we live in Eugene, Oregon. Yeah, forest fire capital of North America. Canada's on fire right now, not us. Yeah, that's true. It's that's only true. July what fifth? Right, we're early for our forest fires. So they're coming. No, I think this is. I, I I'm I, not a big fan of it. I think that this is. Totally fine and kind of fun. I don't really understand it. I don't get it. I don't really understand the strawberries, but like, I'm sorry. They're I also not don't plastic have. case. They're bioceramic. You felt mine. That's a legitimate thing. That is not plastic. It's it, it's ser- certainly some type of plastic. Yeah. But when I think of a plastic case, I'm thinking of something different than what that is. Yeah. I'm going to die on that hill. The fucking moon swatch is rad. It's very cool. I just, I want more availability before we start diving into oddities yeah. and making it kind of a, 
it, it's bigger than a line at this point. It's bigger than a single, an iterative watch release. It's almost a like a sub brand. Yeah. Well, so okay. Hear, hear me out here. This is fucking Swatch, right? Like this is what Swatch does. Yes. This is what Swatch does. The brand Swatch does colors. But have some regard for what you're doing colors with. Yeah, fuck that. Just go <coughs> crazy, Swatch. I mean, I get that the Speedmaster itself has Snoopy on it, right? I get that. If they make a, a like a neon chartreuse case with a neon pink dial, I'm gonna f- I'm gonna drive to Vancouver or Seattle. Where's the closest Probably Swatch? Probably Seattle. I'm just driving. I'm just gonna go, and I'm gonna get it. Make all the colors, Swatch. Don't going let to Las Andrew, Vegas in October. And don't I'm let get one. this Bahamut. Not one of these nonsense. I'm going to get a Moon Swatch in Las Vegas. What are you going to get? Uh, probably whatever they have. I imagine their selection is. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's. I think stock is. We might stock be, is pretty we might reasonable be past right now. Pickens, um, but I'm going to try them all on and see which one I like best. Yeah. Okay. You don't have a. You know. I, I knew for me the mission of Mars was the guy. I like that one. I what's it, the Jupiter's the the OD or not the OD but the like that flat dark Earth tan. Yes, the Jupiter one. or Saturn. Mm, I don't know. Doesn't you'll, matter. You'll have to tell uh, me. Um, I I really like that one. I like Uranus. <laughs> uh, for obvious reasons. Um, uh, I I wish. I think it would have been really baller of them to do a Speedmaster reduced for Pluto. Oh, that, that was a real missed opportunity. That is, you're right. Um, you're right. I wish they would. I wish they would go back and do that. But um, you know, so I think it was two years ago, or maybe perhaps last year, that Yema introduced its. Uh, oh gosh, what were they talking? What do they call it? The Wristmaster series with uh which is now sold out and this was a serious watch so we talked about the watch this watch on this show also an integrated sport watch also a micro rotor and i thought man this thing is really fucking cool it was three thousand bucks it was intended to be limited at release i understand they're all sold out but it was a really cool watch. I thought it was, a, and, and I think Yema is a neat brand. I I I like the fact that they do things a little differently. They take some shit for their quality control. They take some shit for their, you know, still using Kickstarter as an established brand. All fair things to give this brand shit for. But I like the fact that they're pushing things and they're they're being interesting as a, as a brand with horological chops and capabilities. I might add. They're doing things. And I really liked that release. I thought it was perhaps just a touch expensive for me. Well, they fixed that and they have released a set of three watches they're calling the Urban Traveler, which is, to my eye, a very similar watch. Mm -hmm. It's not a micro rotor. Rather, it's just a full half rotor. Um, Full half. Yeah, well, like a, a normal a standard rotor. Standard rotor, yeah. Uh, and it's visually very simple, and I think it's just terrific. Under a thousand bucks, I think under nine hundred bucks available right now. It's also got an in-house movement, the Yama two thousand, which I don't know much about it. Um, I, I know it's just sort of standard fare, standard fare movement. And golly, I'm pretty good with this thing. Uh, 11 and a half millimeters thick, which for this watch, I think is maybe just a touch too thick. Um, but really very good. 100 meters of water resistance. This is a true sport watch. It, it looks to me very Antarctic, perhaps. Uh, it's got textured dials, but the texture is done really, really well. And they've released these in three colors, kind of a silver, kind of a peach, and a very pastel, and certainly not Tiffany, more purple than Tiffany, pastel blue. Um, yeah. Yeah, a lot more purple. I'd call it periwinkle. Periwinkle. I think that's a great color. Uh, yeah. Gosh, what do you think of these? I this, think these are terrific. This immediately made me think 
essence. Oh, <laughs> similar, uh, similar feel to an essence. Yeah. It, and it, I, I, I get more of a Zapek, Zapek. I don't know, know how you pronounce that, that brand name, it's, but it's very much geometric, high polish sport watch feel. That's really familiar. Hmm. That is doing really well right now. Yeah. And I dig it. I think this is a really good release. Y- yeah. That and But you know what I, I like about it is it doesn't feel... It, it feels like a Yama, right? This mm-hmm. feels like Yama's watch. E- even though it's clearly an homage to this type of watch, right? So This thing that's happening that everyone's chasing right well, now. The thing this this thing that happened 50 years ago mm-hmm. and is now happening again. Yeah. We're there, right? This is a PRX or a Nautilus or or whatever mm-hmm. else you want to call this. It's that. But it's good and it's it's affordable and and I think they're doing a great job with it. I, I do wish that Yem had the ability to make this thing thinner because that is so I just happen to be wearing my chronometer grade <coughs> for Meg's essence. <laughs> I was holding it side by side with it, uh, photos of it in the watch. I was like, oh yeah, this is um, familiar. And the thing I love about this watch is how thin it is. Mm-hmm. So I think this is either just under 10 or like 10 exactly. And it just hugs the wrist. It fits so thin. I, I think 11 and a half millimeters for this watch is... Uh, just a touch thick to be competitive. Um, but to be competitive right now, this was previously a really appropriately sized thickness right, for right. a watch. And watch companies are doing a phenomenal job at slimming down movements, finding a way to stack things tighter, better, and, and reduce size. Yemma's just going to be behind because they're just operating at a different scale. Well, and they're French. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm just talking nonsense. Uh, I really yeah. like the signed uh, links on the butterfly clasp. Yeah. Well, and so that is, in my mind, that is a disadvantage to this watch. It's also a disadvantage to the Formex. Butterfly clasps are hard, right? I really like them. You do. Mm-hmm. I just, I hate the the lack of adjustability with a butterfly. You can't adjust. I mean, there's no adjustment here. No, I you am get, you, but, locked in. Yeah, but your links are thin enough. I mean, look at these links that. Yeah, but I don't want to have to change my link. It, it, you know what I mean? I, that, I that's get That's the it. point. It, it, if, I, I totally get it. In but. the summer, this watch tends to be just a little bit too tight. And so I'm stuck with the decision to either open up the stupid micro adjust part of the clasp, which is, I, I mean, just add a link. Yeah, but that's a pain in the dick. Not if you have a Santos. <laughs> Andrew, what do you that, got? That quick release technology on the bracelet is. No, it's it's incredible. It's unreal. But nobody else uses that, which makes me think they've got some sort of license on that. I know it's not their tech. It's somebody else's tech. It seems like something that'd be pretty easy to recreate. Yeah, perhaps. I'm not like an engineer or anything, but it seems like something that'd be pretty easy to. Maybe not at under two thousand bucks. Probably not. No. Um. So I've got something from a brand we've never talked about. Pitsman, a South Korean watch brand, has got a couple of releases. One of them being the first Pitsman. And the other being the Pitsman 2. Just kind of a weird naming convention for simultaneous released watches. <laughs> um, but so, so it's a it's a South Korean company who is doing a kind of historically inspired dress sport watches. Uh, the first Pitsman is being is is based on the and World War One era where pocket watches were making this interesting transition into wrist watches. And the second is based on, I mean, their story, right? It's kind of a Seiko-y story um, based on the roofing tiles of South Korean architecture. 
I don't really see that uh, if I'm if I'm being totally honest in reviewing the the Pittsman two. I don't really see uh, roofing tiles. Uh, what intrigued me is not even the first Pittsman because the first Pittsman is kind of whatever. It's a small seconds with really lovely blued hands. It, it could be from anyone. Yeah, this looks like it could be like an RGM or or a uh, what's the or, or what's the one in Los Angeles or Orient or take your pick of companies. I was intrigued by the Pittsman 2 because of the case shape and lugs. It has these on like really looking at it disproportionately fat lugs to this case. It makes it a really intriguing case profile from a top down view. The rest of it's kind of ho hummy, right? There there's Nothing really caught my eye in the way of standing out, in the way of being super unique, but that lug shape on that case really caught my eye and got me interested. These are... It, it feels a little bit like uh, like a Ming, right? Yeah, a little bit. Same same type of thing going on at the at the end of the lugs. Kind of like GM Lang. It's not quite a... The, the, they Because GM Lang had those kind of like bulbousy... No, not GM Lang. Who had those lugs? It was mm. somebody who didn't go to market. Um, not sure. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, well, I I think definitely reminiscent of Ming, like the same yeah. that same shape, mm-hmm. a, a less exaggerated Ming. Yeah. It's more exaggerated. These are thirty nine and forty millimeter case, respectively. Eleven six on the first Pitsman thick, ten eight on the Pittsman 2. Mm. And that's the thickness you want on that sport watch feeling that they've got. Um, and they're available now for both of the, well, no, $1,100 on a bracelet and $1,200 on a bracelet. Is that for both of them? Each. You don't get them both. 1202 Pittsman 2 on bracelet with leather. That's yeah. a terrific price on this. Yeah. And that's and with an SW300 movement. Yes. SW300 movements. This is a, really interesting which is how they've gotten that that's how they've gotten that to as thin as they have because mm-hmm. the the one is the is the 200 i think or 220 what is it oh 261 i don't actually know what a 261 is so it must be a small seconds well that's yeah yeah that's a, a terrific price for these this is an interesting brand kind of showing up out of nowhere with two intriguing releases yeah, it's interesting. Well, it, it you would think with what South Korea is doing right now in terms of market, uh, in, ter- in terms of manufacturing, that you're going to get some hot shit boutique brands. Maybe not in watches, but just Things. in everything. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, that's intriguing, and and it's an interesting market to be watching just in terms of like. Like the the two most popular family SUVs right now are both Korean SUVs, right? Mm-hmm. Korea is probably more than any other country right now increasing its manufacturing capital on a on, globally speaking. So, yeah, I think you're going to get some hot shit stuff to come out of there. I don't know if these are hot shit or not, but they're certainly attractive watches. The markers on that too mm-hmm. are are stunning. It, you, you know, you never know what this would look like up close, but the hands on the the first Pittsman, though, yeah, those blue, those, those blued swords are, is it, yeah, not really a brigade. That's a sword, mm-hmm. like a heat blued, and, and the enamel numerals on the one, yeah, are terrific too. They're lovely, and it's like, hey, I'm here, I'm ready to party. Right, <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Uh, it, Pittsman, interesting name for a, a Korean company. I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know where that comes from. It sounds like a brand that's trying to be a, a brand, mm-hmm. which whatever you got to make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. These are terrific. What you got next? Next up for me, I'm going to talk about a old, a, a new old watch. <coughs> uh, this is a watch by a brand called Manta. Oh, 
Monta released after having discontinued almost two years ago, a year and a half ago, having discontinued the second generation of the Ocean King, which could only mean one thing. Uh, Monta has released version three of the Ocean King. And I think that the general hubbub has been something to the tune of meh. But I disagree. Uh, I think the general hubbub, though, is reasonable. Yeah, it's it's not unreasonable. So look, Monta is not now, nor has it ever been a company that is trying to wowie zowie release watches, right? Like mm. the most dangerous th- thing they ever did was release a pink dial. Oh, gosh. And they barely made it through. <laughs> So this is not a company that's trying to wow you with the interesting and new things it's doing. Rather, this is a company that has been almost singularly focused on refinement, right? Mm -hmm. We've talked to Justin on the show. And refinement of manufacturing practices specifically. That's right. That's right. And so this watch is, I think, unsurprising. And I think that it's really a fairly natural progression for them. They haven't made a ton of changes to it. They've made some technical refinements to it, which I think we don't need to spend a ton of time talking about, but they've also done a couple of things which are immediately apparent when you see this. So so one, you, you may not realize you're seeing it, but in fact, it makes a giant difference the lug to lug on this is two millimeters shorter so they went from 49 ish to 47 millimeters on the lug to lug still about 40 millimeters on the case but a substantially shorter lug to lug that Mm -hmm. doesn't sound like a lot 49 to 47 that's a huge difference to keep really attractive proportions present correct they've gone from borderline too long to cinderella size on the lug to lug um, the, the other thing I think that happens there is the lugs get a little fatter and I'm not sure they're actually fatter, but aesthetically speaking, they're fatter. So we sort of have gone from like, uh, a five digit to a six digit sort of appeal when you look at this thing. Now, one of the main criticisms that I've heard of this is that it's gone from being, really unique in character to kind of blah, uh, like meaning this just looks like a Rolex, which I think is both fair and unfair um, because it, it doesn't look a lot like a Rolex to me, but At they've, all. they've moved that direction, right? So they've gone with what I'd call maxi dial markers. These are pretty big reminiscent of a maxi dial style markers They've, whether it's actually wider or not, I don't know, but they've increased the at least visual look of the bezel. So the bezel appears to me to be relative to the dial wider. Mm -hmm. And they've also gone away from that Monta font on the bezel to something that's not really like digital Rolex, but is much closer to that. Mm-hmm. that's the one decision I think with this dial that I'm kind of, I wish they stuck with that Monta font. I love it when brands stick with the font and I feel like having this more generic font on the bezel for me is a step back, but the rest of this thing, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, this all makes sense. It makes sense to me what you're doing. And I, and I, and I dig it. I'm, I'm with you on the, the digging of this watch. This is speaking my language. This is like basic bitch, black diver. Everything is refined. Everything, not polished in the way of polished finish, but everything is super well executed. Yeah, this is my, this is my language. And these are, these are new Monta prices. So Monta price has been slowly creeping up. Twenty two twenty five a pre order starting next week, July tenth, and then after October twenty third, expected delivery twenty five fifty. So we're Monta's getting there 
in I mean, they're certainly in terms of the product they're putting out, they're competitive with brands like Longines or Tudor. Monta is the best bang for your buck at this price point. But I think they're starting to get to a place where, you know, like, do you want a Tudor? Because maybe take a look because you're not saving that much mm-hmm. anymore. And they're in they're into docks of land. And oh, yeah. Well, um, this is a much better watch than it is. But most of the docks I've handled all. But they're still into that realm. And. <clears throat> When you're buying a Doxa, you're buying a little bit more than just the watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, well of course. You, you know, I think the one exception that I can... You, you said all. That Doxa Army... Man. I don't know why it's better, but that Doxa Army was... Because it was a middle finger. Holy shit, that thing was nice. The Yeah, the printing. Oh, my God. So, yeah, this is... I, I mean, this it's a Manta, right? You mm-hmm. look at this and you're like, oh, yeah, it's a Manta. It's going to have... Top notch. I mean, everything is going to be top notch, right? Even things you maybe don't care about. Things you won't even notice. Are going to be top notch. And so if that's what you want and you got 2300 bucks burning a hole, I think this is good. I, I don't know what Monta's resale, uh, what Monta's resale discount is, but, you know, most of the people who buy these in the first couple of months are going to baby them. And so I mm-hmm. think, you know, November of 2023, you're going to see these show up on the secondary market. And I'm guessing if you wanted to save a few bucks, you'd be able to do so that I think way. I probably find them 1800-ish, 1800-ish. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden that becomes a much more reasonable purchase. So, cuz people are going to pre-order these, get it, decide they want to flip it. These are every bit of 2 grand worthy though. Oh, I I mean even at 20 even at retail 2550, this there's there's just not another watch that you can buy for that amount of money that compares. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Longine. How much are the how much are the spirits? Longine spirit. Twenty-seven. So yeah. I, I mean, I, I think you're probably getting on a bracelet. No, mm-hmm. so the new oh, that's the GMT is thirty one fifty. Yeah, the where are they? Maybe it's just maybe do they have a three-hander in the diver configuration? Anyway, I think that that's probably the closest competition and I've only handled one of those spirits and I would say it, it felt close. You're not getting all the doodads and engineering though. You're just getting a very well-built watch. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, and, and you're getting a, a giant male end link but you're getting probably similar quality on balance yeah i think so it's it i'm i'm hard pressed to think of brands that that's the closest thing i can think of yeah that have the same finishing um deliverable as as monta because even seiko at that level you're paying more you're paying more um you're paying much more i don't think you're paying i don't think anything on that price range is even close yeah in terms of bracelet and class Mm -hmm. like you're not going to get anything markers no you're you're really looking at three thirty five hundred to five before you get anything that's that's truly touching that Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you got, Andrew? Hmm. We have a new worn and wound collab. Mm-hmm. We got to ask these guys how they're doing all these collabs. Cause, um, <laughs> it's pretty easy. You have the biggest hypey watch retailer in the U S well, I want to get hypey cause I want to start, uh, releasing, collaborations so fairer has done a collaboration with worn and wound it's their limited edition yeah fair's first ever i think this is fair's first ever collab yes it is a three hand i don't know what what's this based on their um 
first ever collaboration with another brand. Um, I think it's just their, just their automatic. Do they? Yeah, they, they don't just, have a name for this case. I don't think it's just their three hand with this great silver dial. Yeah, gunmetal maybe. Gunmetal, yeah, it's not. Yeah, gunmetal I think is more appropriate. Kind of navy hands, maybe black, like midnight, teal and orange tipped second hand. This is money. Gunmetal PVD case, 39 and a half millimeters, 10 and a half thick. They call it a uh, subdued but brooding demeanor. <laughs> Which I don't think is wrong. Okay, Warren and Wayne. Um, and then all of their product photography is really subdued and brooding up to and including a uh, photograph of a red light at dusk. <laughs> but, like, brood harder. Guys, this collaboration is dope. Uh, it comes on a navy leather strap. I'm excited about this. Uh, the first time I got to handle fairer watches in person was at Wind Up in New York this last year. I'd always been really intrigued by their colors and seeing and, and kind of concerned that I wouldn't be as enamored by them in person. Um, seeing them in person, I was even more enamored. I was like, take all of my money I'm prepared for the divorce because <laughs> they're gorgeous. The way Ferrer executes color and color combinations is unparalleled. And though this color combination is kind of unlike Ferrer, it has all of the things that you expect from Ferrer. It's got that great font. It's got the great diversity of color, but it's not the bold color that you typically, typically see with Ferrer. Um, it's clearly a collaboration. Yeah. Yeah, but, definitely. Definitely. Some of them, some of us. <coughs> I think my favorite thing about this watch is, and, and I think Farrah has done this with other watches. This is not the first time they've done this, but they do a molded loom marker set. So both the batons and the Arabic numerals are molded loom and then they're overprinted. So in this one, we've got molded loom that's been overprinted with a blue that's the same, I think the same color as the hands, that dark navy. Mm -hmm. And so essentially what you get is these bright ass loomed, these bright ass loomed markers, but they look like they're a negative of what you'd expect right. to see because the loom is act the marker is actually made of loom and it's got a negative over overprinting on it, mm -hmm. which is, you know, I, I don't know. Interesting. I think it's, that's the right word for it's that. It's cool and different, which is something that Ferrer does a lot of. And then Warner Wound is doing the dark and broody and, um, these are gorgeous. They're, they're only making 70 of them. They're going to be available. Oh, they're not available anymore. Yeah, I think I think yeah. they're I think they are thousand fifty. They be, they came available on June twenty eighth. So. They're, they're still available. Oh, there's there's strike while it's hot. Ships within one week. Yeah, these are these are lovely, and I, I mean, if you're in the market for a fairer, this could be the one because this is gorgeous. Yeah, I dig it. Is that Frank doing the modeling? Uh, it, it's not, but he kind of looks like Frank. Yeah. So I've got a watch. Uh, this this watch is surprising in that rather than Seiko finally did this thing, it's that oh my god, Seiko did this thing uh, again. Yeah, which has kind of been Seiko's thing right now. <laughs> so Seiko released another. 62 MAS dive watch. So the 62 Moss, Seiko's first dive watch. Um, very, very famous. 2017, they released sort of a twin release of a SLA 
and an SPB051, one of them being a sort of for the masses 62 MOS, the other being a, a, a more refined uh, you know, and more expensive iteration of the same watch, which we at the time, I think commented, that's kind of neat. Um, uh, they've done it. So, and, and then they did it again and then they did it again and then they did it again. So they've released, I think this makes the sixth 62 MAS, uh, release from Seiko in the last six years. Mm-hmm. With that said, I think that this is, the first one that has been nearly one-to-one aesthetically speaking of the original uh, and and i say that at least top down so this is a 38 millimeter h case dive watch it is longish which i like i mm-hmm. like long i think h cases have a tendency to get really either stubby or way too long that's right. So this is a great, I mean, this is a 62 Moss. It, it is what you expect it to be. And for what it's worth, I think it's terrific. Uh, it is a case profile that I am very, very comfortable with. You look at the, the side pictures of these, it's beautiful. This is a absolutely perfect skin diver watch. It comes with the 6L movements, the L versions of the movements being their corner kind of like but this is a 6l37 so it's upgraded from the 35 that's right i don't know how you know important those upgrades are yeah i think it's shock resistance and just general durability so more accuracy over time and more shock resistance perhaps though like the difference between a 35 and a 37 could be nominal yeah, I don't know. I think Seiko's pretty honest about that stuff. One of the few companies that is pretty honest. Omega too. Uh, yeah, I. And, and these are the same movements. The same. Mm-hmm. The L line is what they used in the King Seiko range. So mm-hmm. this is terrific. It's the right size. The markers are right. So I think because all the sixty-two Moss watches have been bigger, that you you wound up with these kind of vacuous dials. Mm-hmm. This doesn't have that. Every the proportions on this look right. The proportions look right. 12, yeah, it looks like a crowded 70s dial. That's right. 12 and a half millimeters, 200 meters, obviously. Um, yeah, the the only thing the only thing I don't love. Oh, oh, and the box. I, I do love the box. Yes. So, it's a box talk box, man. <laughs> I think this box is actually designed after the original 62 MAS packaging. It looks like a 1970s jewelry store package, right? Yeah, because we don't care about box and papers. Here's your watch. We packaged it in the cheapest thing possible to prevent it from getting destroyed during shipping. I do think, however, the thing I don't like is the price which makes me think that box is also probably very nice. 3500 bucks. Yeah. These are a lot. That box is going to be trash. My my <laughs> Commodurski came in a cardboard box just like this, open from the end, bubble wrapped watch, and it looked like it had been stepped on no less than by the entire Red Army. How much was your Commodurski? 35 bucks ish. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I paid for the racing bezel to go on it. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's an attractive watch. Uh, but yeah, this is that same jewelry counter at Sears. Hey, I want that watch. Cool. Let me box it for you. Here you go. I love this packaging. Yeah, it's good. That's my favorite part. It's a good watch. I don't like the dial color. Well, that kind of like sunbursty. That is reminiscent of the 62 MAS watches that exist today. I, I get that. But if you could like, I don't know, update it a little bit. If you're going to change the movement out, why not like give me some dial colors? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. this in orange would be fire and I would buy it. Huh? Yeah. God, I ain't like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, do we have any other watches to talk about? I don't. You have no more watches to talk about. I don't. I think I'm out of things. Well, 
in that case, we've done it. Other things, what do you got? Ooh, I got another thing. Uh, as a person does, they um, get bored with games on their phone and try to find new things. And I found a new thing in the way of a very old thing. Is it Bloons TD6? Do you remember the Rome Total War series? I know what it is. I've never played it. Okay. So it might have been a little late for you. <laughs> You're just a little bit older than me, right? There's some things that we don't quite overlap in. Sure. This I'm not might that be old, though. Just a little bit, though. And you you might have... It just might have been a little bit of a miss. So... uh in the early days of video gaming, not the, the earliest days, we're not talking like... In the early days of you video gaming. The early days of like PC gaming and Sega kind of branching out from a gaming platform onto computers, they released a series, a Total War series, which is a large-scale strategy game where you begin as a faction on this kind of like it's Europe, North Africa, Mediterranean, kind of stretching into Russia and the Middle East, but fairly small scale. But that region of the world, you start as a faction, it's turn-based, you build your settlements, you build your armies, and you try to conquer the world. Cool. It was a great PC game. It had expansions and all other manner of <coughs> all other manner of um, spin-off games to it. And looking for a game to play on my phone, found that for 10 money, Rome. Total War, the original, has been updated for iOS. Can't speak to Android Store. I would expect it's already there, though. I, it, it has never been released on Android. They announced, a, they announced it in 2018. It's never been released. They're working on it. I've gotten well more than $10 of enjoyment out of this game. It plays very much like the original. The um, battle sequences are different and they're kind of hard to figure out um, when you don't have like a left click, right click kind of manipulation of your armies. But I started playing it and was immediately like taken back to being 13 and playing video games on my computer. I love that. It was terrific. I'm still playing it and I probably won't play it much longer, but for 10 bucks, I got my enjoyment out of it way more than going to see a movie. <laughs> I will, I will just say that game was released in 2004 mm -hmm. at which time I was not too old to be playing video games. No. Okay. I was you, playing a lot of Halo. You were playing different video a games. A lot of Counter-Strike. I believe Rainbow Six at that time. Yeah, so. Rainbow Six is kind of in that zone. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rainbow Six was like a mature game at that point, but I was still playing it quite a bit. So Yeah. Well, it sounds terrific. It it's, is. It's a good iOS game. It sounds fun. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. The controls and everything are good. Sometimes with ports like that, you the uh, the the battle controls are kind of hard, and and they might just be more advanced than I've been willing to put my efforts into. Mm -hmm. um, but they're they're also not exactly intuitive. I've got another thing, Andrew. Do me. I. Got a recommendation to read a book recently. And because I don't know how to read, I found out there was also a show by the same name, which I assumed meant it was the same thing. I've subsequently found out that's both true and, and not true. But I, I watched this thing on a flyer. My family was out of town last week. 
And so I was home alone a lot. And so I thought, well, I, I can get through a single series, a single season series in that time. Turns out I only needed like two days because I couldn't fucking turn the thing off. I watched a series called Station Eleven, which I think it took me probably two and a half episodes to really get hooked. But it was one of the, you know, sometimes you you read a story and you're like, okay, like, all right, all right, I see you. This is good, but okay, okay. And then all of a sudden shit starts clicking and then it never stops clicking. It's just like kapow, 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 kapow. So the show's called Station Eleven. I don't know if I said that. It's based on a book. It is, for me, as I sit here right now, I have no problem saying top five series i've ever i've ever watched well uh it may i love cool. hbo miniseries they put so much yes. time and effort into them they don't lead you on they tie it up nicely yes this season ones specifically when they do like a second season of a miniseries they tend to kind of fall apart yes season one of a miniseries from hbo is fire so it's mackenzie davis himesh patel gail garcia bernal uh absolutely terrific lori petty terrific cast uh and the characters are totally beautiful you know how sometimes you watch these series so i'll just say this is a post apocalyptic series but it's not like anything you've ever seen it is mm. like it's a it's sci-fi not like anything you've ever seen so it's like water world it is like nothing I've ever seen. Also, I have never, ever enjoyed a story with as much symmetry as this. The complexity is huge. So I think it is 10 or 11 episodes. It must be 11. No, I think it's only 10 episodes. It's 10 episodes. It's 10 episodes. Uh, it takes about eight episodes for the symmetry to reveal itself. Mm. But then it spends the next three episodes, eight, nine, and 10, just blowing your socks off with symmetry and connections. And they're not overwrought or silly. It is beautiful. I, I, I'm still, here I am several days later, my mind is blown at how good it was. I cannot overstate enough how much I loved this series. And then of course I like when I finish it, I'm like, fuck, I got to go to Reddit and I start reading and everybody who's watched this has, you know, this, you just can't find anybody saying anything bad. There are a few, there are a few things. The story is hardly believable. There are elements of the story that is like really ridiculous, but it is it's science fiction and poetry too. That's the other mm -hmm. it, it's poetic. It, it, yeah, it, it's bad science fiction is hard to believe. The parts of this that are bad science fiction are pure poetry. And okay. and in that context, it makes it acceptable to me. I Just stop what you're doing. Turn us off. Turn us off. We're done. Go watch Station Eleven. I can't. I got to read the book now. I haven't done it yet. Totally mind-blowingly stunning. I couldn't believe it. I'm into it. Yeah. And it's just a single season. Like, well... I don't know. Maybe there'll be a sequel season, but this is a standalone story. That's it won't be as good because it's HBO and their second seasons are never there. I, I don't even know if they're going to do it. I, I haven't read anything about that. It would make sense for this to be a single season. And I kind of hope it is because it is. Maybe they'll do a station 12. <laughs> like, like oceans 12. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally wonderful story. Check it out. Take down the Bellagio. Andrew, are, are you all done? Are you all done with me? As usual, yes. Because I am 100% done with you. I get it. My room, this room is hot. It is. My legs are sweating. Me too. Hey, thanks you guys for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Do me a favor. Go to watchclicker.com and, and just peruse the site. Peruse actually means look at in detail in and depth. not skim. Yeah. Uh, peruse the site. You can also check us out on our socials watch at watch clicker or at 40 and 20 underscore watch clicker on Instagram. If you want to support us and we really hope you do, we are completely listener supported. You can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That is how we get all the money that we need 
to host pictures and podcasts and internets. That's where we get it all. Please support us, patreon.com slash 40 and 20. And hey, don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another wa- for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.